Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Welcome to Shark Bite Biz. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser. This is your place to learn how to grow business during global chaos. Another amazing episode slated for y'all today. Digital first world means digital first mindset. We'll talk about that more in a minute. First, though, remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can join the channel. Become a baby shark for only $3 a month, but a given money through big tech is not your thing. Don't worry. We got you covered. Head on over to deadhousecoffee.com. Use code SHARK. You're going to get 20% off of your order. All the proceeds directly support us building the biggest, best show you possibly can. And if you have not drank Dead House Coffee, drinking it right here. If you have not drank it yet, it is amazing. The freshest coffee to your doorstep. You will love it. DeadHouseCoffee.com. Use code SHARK. 20% off your order. Back to today's show. Another marketing episode, and we're going to chat about creating some engaging websites. A website is a modern day business card. Business cards, I think, they are essentially obsolete. There is no real need for them. I mean, come on, who wants to be lugging around one of those books with, uh, you know, all the business cards in it flipping through them? No. No, digital first for business cards. That's your website. A good website can make your business look like a Fortune 500 company instead of the five-person shop you really are. (laughs) So it's all about appearances. And the web is the one area that you can give the appearance that you are much bigger and better than what you actually are. You know, as we've said on this show many times, Fake it till you make it. And if that's what you got to do to, you know, to a degree, obviously I'm talking. But if you go out there and you give that appearance, you know, keep working towards that. Eventually that will be you. That will be who you are. It's helping you reach your long-term goal. So who is today's guest? So glad you asked. None other than Ray Van Hilst. Ray is an inventive soul and his wit and charisma are present from the moment you meet him. Ray seamlessly blends 20 plus years of marketing experience with modern web principles to establish and advance the web presences of organizations that help build a better world. That's what it's all about, right? When Ray isn't in the office or the coffee shop, Dead House Coffee, Um, or a client office, or Wi-Fi hotspot. He is frequently found at speaking events about web strategy and marketing technology. So, hey, I'm going to shut up. Let's bring our buddy Ray on in here. Reach your customer. Ray, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. Woo, Shark Bait, ooh ha ha. (laughs) Yeah, there you go, man. (laughs) So we have a tradition on this show. Very first question. Who are you? Where have you been? Where are you going? What do you do? Tell us, what makes Ray 
Ray. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me today. Excited to be here. Uh, my name is Ray Van Hilst. I'm Director of Client Results at Yoko CO. We are a digital marketing agency. We work exclusively with organizations and companies making a positive impact in the world. Uh, or as we like to say, groups are motivated with a mission beyond profit. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really excited and passionate. So my background is as a marketer. Uh, little known fact, I used to work for the circus. The circus? Uh, I, actually, I literally, I literally used to work for Ringling Brothers Barman Bailey Circus. Wow. I was not a clown though. My wife would oh. accuse me of being. My wife would accuse me of being a clown, but I was not a clown. I worked in the marketing department. Okay. And okay. So and there's no uh, more circus anymore, is there? There is no. They shuttered it. It was kind of sad. So, but they they produce uh, Disney on Ice monster trucks and stuff like that. Oh um, wait, wait, wait! So they did the Disney on Ice and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, are they all done too? I've I've taken my daughter. I think the Disney on Ice. No, so Disney on Ice is still up and running. So it's a company called Feld Entertainment. No, we did Barbie on Ice. Uh, so Fell is headquartered in Sarasota, Florida now. They used to be in the Northern Virginia area. But they, yeah, they produce uh, Disney on Ice, uh, which is – and actually I worked with Disney. I was a brand manager for Disney. Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, – they did um, – uh, they do Monster Trucks, a uh, bunch of other shows and stuff like that. But I worked in the marketing department there and okay. uh, just, just loved that work because it was about telling the stories of the shows and those kinds of elements and fell in love yeah. with entertainment marketing. But um, from there, I went and worked in a regular marketing agency and worked on like power tool brands. I went for, you know, working on that kind of stuff. And from then, the circuits uh, to the power tools, man. The power tools, yeah. I worked on the launch of rigid power tools. I did, you know, nonprofits, bunch of stuff. But along the way, I fell in love with the internet. And I was like, how do I marry my brand management and marketing love with this technology thing mm -hmm. and uh throughout my career and then i started building websites and working with digital agencies so uh what's unique about us in our companies i'm not a technologist i specifically mm -hmm. do not learn the technology because i'm a marketer i'm, I'm i want to like help clients use the web as a marketing tool so that yeah. that's what i do yeah that is uh that's good that's an awesome story and uh i will say that it's better than i think it was tim keen who was uh, another marketer on our show where he got his marketing start by doing uh sex toys so you are a step above that going into the circus yep. there you go <laughs> and a little uh, funny side story we did a uh circus parade here in the dc area one time and i actually had Ooh. to walk uh behind the camels and shovel some of the shit that they dropped down <laughs> on pennsylvania avenue so i that oh, i can say hey. i i i've i've had to do a little bit of everything in my marketing career <laughs> wow wow yeah yeah i don't know how many people could say that they've uh shoveled camel dung on camel pennsylvania dung. avenue yeah, there, there you go. You go. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. So, yeah, no, that's a the great background that I always kind of find it interesting. I guess you can call it the origin story, how you got into what you're doing, because we're all, you know, business minded people and entrepreneurs out here. So I, I guess with you being on websites and, you know, some of this digital stuff, one big thing that happened over this whole pandemic thing that we're still kind of lingering in, I guess, is people realize, oh, I should revamp my website. Yep. How do companies do that? How do they figure out what they should have on their website? That's a that's a great question. Um, and I mean, as part of my job as as a, as a strategist is to work with clients and to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one of the first things is to recognize is that. 
when you look at your websites, there's a lot of things you could do. And there's a lot of people that start doing blue sky ideas and stuff like that. But you really want to sit down and do your homework to figure out what you should do of what's mm-hmm. going to move the needle. Um, my mantra and the way we approach things here. So I, I describe myself as being pathologically helpful. If someone yeah. calls and has a question, I'll be like, eh, I could, you know, I can take 15, 20 minutes. Let's talk through this as you go through that. Do the same thing. Take the same approach with your website. You know, so when you take mm-hmm. understand when someone's coming to your website, if you're a business owner and you're selling, you know, products or services, whatever. When someone comes to the website, they, they don't want to know about like how long, well, they, they will eventually know how long you've been in business and so on and so forth, but they're coming with a problem that they need to solve. Help them is, solve is, that is, problem. Is, hold on, hold on. You, so you just hit something there that I, I want to ask you because yeah. it just occurred to me right now. How long have they been in business? I think that was an important question 20 years ago. I don't think that's yep. as important today. Is not. Is not no because it. So we talk about you know why you you know why I say because uh, up, upstarts come along the the old companies yeah. like their their service has gone downhill you know and you can validate okay so twenty years ago it was important like oh we've been in business for thirty mm-hmm. years because you want to prove like hey I'm not smelling snake oil we're a legit company I'm a legit business you know we're real. Today, I mean, yeah, there's still vaporware and snake oil out there, but the big difference is you can validate, okay, well, David Strausser is the CEO of Dead Brands. Who is this fella? Oh, he writes for Forbes. He does a podcast. Okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll do business with that. You can validate who the person is and the credibility right then and there. That's amazing. That just blew my mind now that we thought about that. Well, and and also think about that. That's not the first question that we have. Mm Mm-hmm. The first question we have is, I have a problem. What's your solution to my problem? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, a good example, um, I, you know, my 17-year-old son called me and called me up and said, hey, my, my, the rear taillight is out of my car. And uh, so how do I figure out, you know, and it's a 2010 Honda CRV. I'm not taking that to the Honda dealer, you know. No. Uh, what's the first thing you do? You go on YouTube, you Google, replace taillight and Honda CRV, you know, 2010 Honda CRV. I would have just got a flashlight. <laughs> remote control flashlight. Remote Press control this flashlight. When, you want to turn it. <laughs> when you're braking, put on the flashlight. Um, so, I, you know, so, so I end up on YouTube, which links me to advanced auto parts, which links me to the light bulb I need. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know I needed a Sylvania, blah, 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 blah. I, I started off with, how do I re- fix this light bulb? How do I fix yep. this brake light? Now, if you're a business doing something, that next step might be, oh, you have this product. Tell me more about the product. Oh, tell me about your bona fides, uh-huh. right? But that's that discussion that you need to have within your content. So I think, you know, back to your original question, if you're a business owner, how do you figure out what that is? You know, we do an exercise with our clients where to sit down and say, okay, Let's figure out who your audiences are. What are they coming to you? What are their pain points? And we go through an exercise um, called a content needs matrix, Mm -hmm. where we literally say, take each of these audiences and write down every question that this person would have. You know, you know, I'm thinking about this. I'm still stuck on the how long you've been around, but with my business even too. I mean, we do ERP for my day job at Vision 33. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, you can be from, 50,000 to, you know, 
two million dollars with the project and i think once you get past a certain point i mean it's really like okay they've done this before that's really all they care about how can they fix our problem using that experience exactly exactly that they, they fix can't can't can they fix my problem do they get me do they do they do they know what my problems are and then yeah and mm-hmm. And, I mean, particularly, you know, a $500,000 ERP implementation, they're yeah. going to call and check your references in the sales profit process. Actually, you'd be surprised how many don't. Really? Yes. Yes. I would say most do not ask for references. Um, and it's just because you have the reputation already out there as a 500-person strong organization backed by the major publishers being Sage, SAP, et cetera. Okay. And it's like, yeah, we're already validated. And I mean, really, I mean, I don't know if I would ever talk with a reference. If I was buying software, okay, I don't think Mm -hmm. there's any value with checking references. Because you guarantee 99% chance they're going to give you the reference that's going to give them the best review possible. What's the sense? I just want to hear someone independent say, oh, yeah, they rock. You know, it's I know what they're going to say already. Maybe you catch them off guard or you dig a little bit deeper, whatever. But 99% chance they're just going to be telling you what they hear because they want to help their growth partner out. Right, the technology company who asked them to do the referral. Yeah, I one of the things I've seen to start you just tangible a little bit as well is um, is doing unverified references. So, like for example, mm-hmm. um, I've had you know friends of mine be like, "Hey, I'm looking at this package of this vendor, and I see that you're connected to so and so at this company. What do you think? What?" What do you know? What what should I know about working with them? Um, or mm-hmm. I've had or consultants that have been assisting clients and prospects of ours say, oh, yeah, by the way, I spoke to so and so who told us X Y Z about you, which was not a reference we gave them. They, they just went on LinkedIn and found the common connections. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, people are getting smarter, too. Um, you know, this is. Uh, uh people are getting smarter they know how to research things indirectly and they're they're able to use the the tools at their hands and i guess that is true you know we'll hear people going through a sales cycle like well i was talking to my buddy and this is what he told me about sap this is what he told me about vision 33 and then it's like oh snaps uh yeah well you actually let me get you a reference that'll rebut all of that for you. <laughs> <laughs> but okay but but bringing it back to our conversation, when you yeah, think about yeah. your website, though, so back, so what, what should I have on my website? All that information that they were trying to find out about you, right? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of information to have. Like the, you know, if, if it's ERP software, what problems do you solve? How do you help me streamline? What tips do you have? You know, thinking through those questions like that. Um, and really, in a good, a good, a good website should mm-hmm. do half of the sales work for you. Yeah, you know this, the the website is your salesperson that never sleeps. Oh yeah, it doesn't ask for time 100%. off. You know, so does look, look, looking at map at at mapping the information that your audiences need. How can you just how can you just be pathologically helpful to them? You know, and that that's so true. So 
uh, when my I have not a 17 year old now, but an 18 year old that just graduated, who is the producer of this video, Francisco. He's listening <laughs> to us talk about him right now, probably shaking his head. But he, you know, when he was born, I did live in Pennsylvania for one small stint in rural Pennsylvania. That's where my family's from. The rest of it, I was living down in Tijuana, Mexico and Lima, Peru. But for that, you know, two-ish years, because yeah, I was only, I was really young and you know, I was scared. So we had had him born in Pennsylvania. And I worked for my father who had a, a small roofing company. And, you know, I just got tired of working for the one telemarketing position that I was working for. Good people, but it was just, I was just over it. I was over office politics and drama. I think that's why I like working from home and working on my own because those things just drive me nuts. It's like, really, are you people so petty? I, I just don't want to deal with that. And I just rather remove myself from that situation. And that's where, you know, look at my dad. I didn't really understand business to a deep degree at that point, but it's like, you got a business, you've been around for 30 years. Why aren't we doing more? It's like, where's your website? You know? And we had uh, Steve, I, I forget if it's Steve Glazer, Stephen Glazer from a siding company on here. I was talking with him, telling him some of the stuff that we did on this podcast episode. And, you know, like we got paroofer.com. And this is back in rural Pennsylvania in 2004, let's say. You know, we got paroofer.com, gotsiding.com, for example. And what we did on the website and nobody was doing that in rural Pennsylvania and home improvements in that time. Mm -hmm. Like we'd have guides like, hey, this is how you replace your roof. This is why you need to buy an Owens Corning roofing system mm -hmm. from a certified contractor like Strasser Contracting. And we would do all of this stuff. Now, my dad didn't understand that. He didn't understand the, oh, you're spending so much money. I'm like, okay, well, we get one or two leads a month. Then you get him in rural Pennsylvania for brand new roofs, one or two a month. Look at the population. That's not that bad. And it more than paid for mm -hmm. itself. And I remember the one time at that point in my life, the largest sale I did was like a $25,000 roof uh, that came from that uh, website. And it actually ended up being, I think, in the, the Pennsylvania Poconos. But it was like, wow, that totally validated everything that I was uh, uh, building up. But it was doing exactly what you're saying here, which is, you know, explaining them, giving them the details that they're looking for for their problem so that they can have that deeper understanding. Exactly. And I think, I think the other thing you have to understand when you're thinking about answering those problems is that the the person may not even know that your solution is what they need okay so right. you so i i use because i was just walking uh client through this this morning so I, I, I'll, I'll reuse this example um one of our clients is the emdr international association okay right? so, so they emdr is a type of therapy that is that's based on the science of rem sleep uh and how your brain processes and emdr is very effective in the treatment of, of trauma and PTSD, sexual assault and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. the most people that need that type of therapy, they don't know that EMDR exists. Mm -hmm. So your first question is, uh, and I have a friend of mine who's a therapist that works with a lot of first responders. And so the question is, how do I help, how do first responders get therapy for traumatic incidents, 
for dealing with trauma because first responders see horrible stuff or PTSD. So therapy for PTSD is, is the first mm -hmm. thing. And then there's a thing, then, so you'll come up with all different information, but then you, along in there is EMDR is a very effective therapy treatment for PTSD. Mm -hmm. So our first question was, didn't, I didn't even know that EMDR existed. My first question was, how do I get therapy and help for this traumatic incident I've dealt with? Oh, there's this thing called EMDR. Oh, what is it? Can I just go uh -huh. to a regular therapist for it? No, you actually, it, it requires additional training. I need a certified therapist and you convert to a therapist. So we call right. that a conversation spectrum from oblivious, curious, intrigued, invested, and converted. So that, that's a good way to think about it for, for business owners. Like, you know, you may be selling widgets, but your audiences, that your customers that are solving problems, they don't even know that your widget work is necessary. Right. You know? Like right, they might right. just be trying to take care of, you know, a damp basement or some other or a software issue or something like that. Yeah, you know, and, and that's so true what you're saying, because I hate when I'm trying to go out and buy something and I feel like it's being piecemeal. Like it's not explaining to me, oh, but you're going to need this and you're going to need this and you're going to have to do that. I mean, it's like getting you ever get like buy something from um you know, a store like Amazon, and it's like one of the things that they just shipped over for China. And you're trying to read the instructions, and it's like these things are missing, or they're showing parts that obviously <laughs> you don't even have. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's not like like IKEA. Everybody makes fun of them, and if you know, because it's you know a pure method to be able to get divorced. But with them, at least when you open up their boxes and you look at those instruction manuals, I think IKEA stuff's put together really well, and it's a lot simpler to follow, I think, than some of those some of those other off-brand products. And I kind of look at that comparison. Mm -hmm. I yeah, I agree. So, what about? Okay, so we're talking about the content inside of the actual website. website. Mm -hmm. Now, what about the home page? Uh, what should people see on that main landing page? So we're going to start with my controversial and biggest belief. Oh, 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 oh. Is this a hot take? This is a hot take. Let's do it. The home page is the least important page of your website. I, can, I, can, I, can I give my hypothesis as to why? Sure. Because very few people are actually going to land on the homepage. They're going to Boom! be searching it through SEO or other pages. And that's the link that they're actually going to land on. Exactly. The most important page of your website is every other page. And I think the problem I have is people were like, we must make a perfect homepage. And then they don't give two craps about the rest of the site. I'm like, you need to go ago, through the rest of 15 that. years ago, 20 years ago, the homepage, you know? uh aol keywords for example the home page yeah. it's all about yep. that but times have changed systems have evolved um you're able to have custom landing pages for a Anything. billion keywords yeah. right right you know you have seo generated keyword pages right now and if you're able to do that i mean yeah it, it just makes total sense so i i you know what the home page needs to do then is most of the time, the homepage will be page two or three that someone views. Or if someone is looking at the homepage directly, it's because they already heard of who you are. 
and they're look they're, they've looked you up by, by name. So that that's the whole concept of branded search. So what the homepage at that point needs to do is reinforce your value proposition and your message of, of what why it is your need you're unique, what big big problem you're solving, you know. And I think the thing that a lot of people will want to put is on the homepage is like the back to the point of we've been in business thirty years. No, that that that's still about you. Like it's the we help you do X Y Z. We solve this problem. We make mm-hmm. you look at what, whatever that is you're doing for your customer, like that needs to be the key message. Well, I think I think the the 30 years, depending what you're doing, could still be a value because you're solving problems. So again, looking at my ERP business, okay, we've been around for well, let's just say 20 years with SAP Business One, our main product line. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've been doing that for 20 years. Now that's very valid because it's like, hey, you know, we've done thousands of implementations. And mm-hmm. basically uh you're getting the benefits of all the people that had their projects blow up on them. You know, you're getting <laughs> the the list of things not to do during an implementation that's very well defined. So I, I think it's all about positioning and framing that. But if I just put, hey, we've been around for 20 years or 30 years or whatever it is, that by itself is not important. I think that's what people do. If you frame it correctly, to use it as your advantage, like I was saying, I think that's the big difference. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the content on your homepage is think about that user journey of what is what are the questions that your buyer, your prospect is having as they're going through that. What are they looking for? What what do you want them to do? Mm-hmm. Do you want them to sign up for your newsletter? Do you want them to sign up for a demo? Um, if you're a services business, you know, by the time they the get to your to homepage of your services, a call to action, a phone number or something like that. Um, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so how much should I spend on the website? I mean, money, money, money. Money, money, money. Um, so that's going to vary by complexity, size, so on and so forth, right? So it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the question of uh, how much does a house cost, and are you mm-hmm. buying a mobile home, a double wide, or a McMansion, or a custom build, right? So- I'm an ERP. I definitely feel <laughs> you. I understand you, and you know what we do is. But I think with what I do, ERP. I think it's more understood that if you're going for SAP, that's a tier one solution. It's going right. to cost you, but even if you go for the small biz entry level, that's going to cost you a lot more money than QuickBooks. Okay. Yes. Yep. Now, websites, though, on the other hand, I think for whatever reason, people do not like paying graphic designers, video producers, uh, website design. They are undervalued. And in a way, it's good because it helps us get cheap goods. But <laughs> it's something that it does create a problem because then if you say, Hey, look, it's going to be 25 grand for the website or 50 grand. Um, you know, they're like smoking crack, you know, they thought oh, I mean, the, the reality is the, the reality is so, you know, web design really is. So the software itself, there's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, you know, you, you could use, if you're, if you're a really small business, like I have a friend of mine, she's, started a goat farm and she's selling goat's milk and she like wanted to have our company build her site. I was like, you can't force us like use Weebly. And she's got a beautiful site on Weebly. If you're a restaurant or a smaller business like that. So Weebly, I started with Weebly. That was my first, my davidstrasser.com first site was on Weebly. And the reason is 
is uh, I am a Penn State graduate, and uh, Weebly was actually developed by uh, Penn Staters, I believe, when they were at oh, the university. Cool. So we I, got special stuff back then. I think for small businesses, I love Weebly and Squarespace. I, is- now I moved up to Wix. You moved up to Wix. Okay. For, yeah, well, for my for my personal portfolio, because I found it more capable than Weebly. And okay. it's nicer. I get more functionality. I could do more. I can do more stuff than Weebly. Now, compared to Squarespace, I don't know. I know I hear about it on Joe Rogan all the time. But <laughs> they're advertising a lot. I think the one thing, one of the things I like about Weebly is that they're now owned by Square. So there's a okay. tight integration between Weebly and Square. Okay. Previously, I used them pre-Square, right. and the yep. templates. I mean, they were dated and stuff yep. like that. And it, it served a purpose for a while, but eventually, it's like, hey, I need something more modern. Weebly doesn't have it, so I moved to Wix. Right. Um, and Mailchimp is has come into the into the mix now too. So oh, wow. really good stuff. Yeah. So for so, small businesses, though, the point is, is that if you're an individual, like a, a say you're an insurance agent, whatever, you can right. use those sites to get you can use those sites really low cost. And, and what you need, though, is you need to find someone who has the skills to know how to do it and has the marketing know how to do that. Just, just because you go to the store and buy just go to Whole Foods and buy all the ingredients doesn't make you a chef. You need to get right. You, you need to find a because local... you still need the content itself. So, right. for example, everybody out there, go to strikebybiz.com, davidstresser.com. Beautiful, beautiful sites. You'll see me <laughs> with my guitar. And but on there, I mean, I, I still gotta get Shark by Biz up with SEO and stuff like that. But David Strasser is primarily done. Again, not the greatest site in the world, but it does serve the purpose of what I need it for. I am yeah. about to revamp them all and give them brand new designs because I just have too much going. I like to have a little catalog, like every interview I've done, mm-hmm. but not like on the podcast. I'm talking like, for example, today I had an article comes out on Forbes and stuff like that. So I like to catalog all that stuff so that people can see who I am, my expert abilities and stuff. But it's getting a little bit too cluttered in that area, so I, I'm about to, to redesign it. But to each their own, I mean, I have my resume up there, my infographic, everything, because I, you know, a lot of people, like, uh, they may fear, oh, you're looking for a new job? No, I have my resume up there so that the clients know exactly who I am, what my experience exactly. are, so that they know who they're handing that million-dollar check to. Yep, yep. You know, that's the design of my goal. So sorry, uh, continue. So, so, you know, within that realm, I think you're looking in the five to $10,000 range. As your business moves up in complexity, you might be mm-hmm. moving into like a WordPress designed site, bringing in a WordPress designer. You Maybe you have different types of content. You want more gating. Or if you're using like a, we have several, we're also a HubSpot partner. So we build outside mm-hmm. some of the HubSpot CMS, so on and so forth. Um, that point, you know, you're you're starting at 25k and going up to 100k, right? Yeah, yeah. And, but it's and that and that's a matter of uh, what you're paying for at that point. And part of what I do is I, you know, I I joke that I'm a marketing therapist. We come in, we like look at your business, <laughs> where are things, you know, how, what's going on, what are your pain points. So we have to design your web strategy that's mm-hmm. coming into that. How complex do you need your design to be? How high touch do you want your design and your interaction to be how many pages do you have to deploy in the site that's where it goes and then from there on up i mean we we've done we do sites up to two hundred thousand dollars and then you can go beyond that if you start using like 
a commercial CMS like Sitecore, EpiServer, Sitefinity, you know, your number, you're starting at 100K and going up. So I had a stint for maybe about a year or so. Is one of when I was an independent contractor, and I'm not going to name the the company, but they were one of my clients that I held a biz dev uh, contract for for about a year, and that was my first time being exposed to tech in the term. I mean, well, to high end websites like that. Before mm -hmm. then, I would think website 2,000, 5,000, maybe 10,000 at most. But I mean, we were selling sites like Botox where you're talking 300,000. And it's like, hold on a second. This is like a three-page website. How is it 200,000? I mean, it's <laughs> insane, some of these prices and stuff. But I mean, to each their own, how they had to have it built. They wanted it on a custom back-end system. How they want it built, you stuff. want a custom thing how high end is how you know for the design like you know mm -hmm. they might have done custom photography custom video mm -hmm. right all of that's yep. going into a custom you know your copywriting yeah you know, like we have a copywriter that we bring in for projects and he's 10k just to start on the project he's you know he's that good at strategic messaging but just to have him work on your project that that's that's the that's the the basement of, of where we're going to engage him so who's writing the content you know and people think about the design part and the technology but ultimately it's the content the words the photos and everything mm -hmm. goes on the page that's what's going to start jacking that price up and up yeah so we do got to get wrap it up i have two final questions i just want to ask here uh, we'll answer these quicker yeah you know if you're going out there you're trying to get a website designed built how do you know if the web designer dude or dudette that you're hiring or the web designer firm, how do you know if they're any good? Ask about their results that mm -hmm. they get for their clients. If they're just showing you a portfolio of designs that look pretty and they're not talking about the results they got for their clients, that's, that's one key thing. But also in your discussions, do you feel like they get you? Do they understand mm. your business and are they taking the time to learn you as a business or you as an organization and offer up solutions towards that? Mm -hmm. We can get designers and developers all over the place, but is that strategy that's going to come to bear and that strategy that's going to carry through to, to make to make it a powerful project, a successful project? Right, right. So, I mean, the other thing is this is a question that I get all the time with ERP and they always ask me. Like, how long does it take to deploy the system? Now, if you ask one of my sales guys, they'll tell you two weeks. In real life, <laughs> in real life, we're probably looking, I mean, you could do three, four months if it's what we call rapid implementation, like a small company that's just uh, very vanilla because they don't have much, you know, they're maybe doing Shopify or Amazon and that's about it. Mm -hmm. um, but if you get into a real legit, you know, 10 million a year, 20 million a year revenue company, I mean, you're probably looking six, nine, 12 months, depending what they do and how complex the project is. So mm -hmm. what kind of variance do you see for a good website that can accomplish your goals of, you know, I would say the, the goal of almost any website is sales now what that sale is i mean it could be because you're informing people mm -hmm. it could be because you're selling directly to them you're telling them where to buy whatever it is the direct indirect goal is going to be sales for 99 percent of the websites out there i think for most businesses how long do you think it takes to build something like that that's going to work on average seven to nine months 
Seven to nine months. From kickoff to launch, seven to nine months. Why so some go, long? Some go faster. Some go faster. I've done, I, the fastest one I've done is, was 12 weeks, right? So, which is mm-hmm. three months. Some go longer. See, see what I do there. I've had see what I do. Two years. Instead of 12 weeks, instead of 12 weeks, eh, just three months. Just Why? Three months. Because three, three, three is a much smaller number than 12. Yeah. <laughs> so why so long? Decision, the complexity in getting all your requirements up front and getting your meetings, yep. get your stakeholders involved. So if you're, if you're a marketing director in a company, you need to schedule meetings with like your products, your salespeople, your, you know, make sure you get their buy-in. So scheduling those, getting your strategy together, getting your design approved. Like we tell clients to be like, well, this is a rush project. And I was like, I'm not quoting you a launch date until you approve the design. Because oh, we yeah. can go round and round and round in the design. Because design ultimately becomes subjective. But yep. you know, once we do that, and then ultimately it's how much content do you have? So right. are you deploying five pages or five thousand? Mm-hmm. So that the those are the complexities that are gonna end up in a time and end up as a I factor. Think, yeah. So hey, this has uh this has been amazing. This has been a very fun interview. Did you have fun? I had a great time. Thank you so much. Oh, oh no problem, no problem. Let me ask you something, Ray. How can people digitally stalk you? Oh, that's a great question. So the good news is um, I have one of the most search engine optimized names in the entire world because there is only one Ray Van Hilst. So if you Google me, you will find me. I ran into a friend of mine from high school. He's like, dude, I always wonder what happened to you. I was like, bullshit. And he's like, come on, what happened? I was like, you clearly do not know how to use Google because I am so easy to find. So if you Google me, you'll find me. But my email address is Ray at Yoko, C-O. Dot com. So that's Y-O-K-O-C-O.com. And our website is www.yokoco.com. And uh, easy to find there. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I don't do any t- any tweeting at this point. So uh, you should. Twitter is such I, a fun place. Yeah. So warming and receptive and to all and strangers. The, everyone comes all in. It's a big kumbaya <laughs> fest. Yeah. 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 What, what big, uh, it's like Woodstock all over again. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, Roddy, thank you so much for coming on here, man. You gave us a lot of good stuff, a lot of like, Really good stuff to think about as far as website, website design, and that type of marketing. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, cheers. Wow, that was an awesome chat with Ray, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor. Hit that like button. Smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, please share this out to your network. Get it out there to everybody on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Get it out wherever you can. Shark Bike Biz is the best kept secret out there in the world of small business help us grow we can only grow if you share this as well i would love nothing more than to see ray and shark bite biz out there trending now let's get back talking about our rock star guest ray okay because he had some really awesome awesome points you know from the circus world to a world-class website marketing guru i mean seriously what a career journey what a story i love it yes we did have some missed 
opportunities, I guess you could say, for some political jokes at the expense of him having to clean up dung on Pennsylvania Avenue, but uh, we'll let those go for another day. Now, the first thing that I really want to bring up from him is he, he said this really well. It was the first question we all have as consumers. And he said, I believe this is quoted perfectly. I have a problem. What is the solution to my problem you offer? Okay. And that is a very clear, precise message that Ray gave us. I mean, look, we all know that's why customers come to us. But I think Ray's exact quote, like he said it during the interview, was perfect and precise. It was to the point. And you really need to be answering that question when you're building your website. That is what you need to build your website in that frame of mind, in that tone of answering that customer asking you that question. And, you know, it really is exactly what customers are wanting to know when they go to your website. Another fascinating area of the interview for me is where Ray tells us essentially to uh, forget the homepage. Okay, I don't think he said that exactly, but very few customers are going to go to your main website.com on the very first visit. They're more than likely going to come to one of your various different landing pages out there that you have. And that's a place where you can essentially wine and dine them digitally, where you're able to educate them and wow them. So you need to make sure that you do have a pretty front door. But you also have to make sure that once you invite guests in, that you don't have stains or rips on your carpet and couches or a broken TV. So take a step back, analyze your SEO-based pages, and make sure that they're all up to par. So regardless of what angle the customer is finding you at, they're finding, well, this goes back to our interview, with Deborah Driggs, if you remember, she said something that really blew my mind. I think it was episode 94, if I remember correctly. And she said, what's the best version of you? And that's where I think you need to make sure these side pages, these SEO pages, that those pages are the best version of you for that customer. Question of the day. How often do you redo your company's website? Is this something that is every year? Is it twice a year? Is it, I don't know, once every five years? I'd love to hear the story because I think it's going to be such varying answers, you know, depending what industry you're in and stuff. It, it'd be great to hear what you all have to say. Leave a comment down below on YouTube. Do you want to be on the show? If shows, shoot me an email, interviews at sharkbitebiz.com please remember join the channel three dollars a month you could become a baby shark support this place help us grow or if big tech's not your thing no worry go to deadhousecoffee.com you're going to get the freshest coffee available delivered to your doorstep and when you use code shark you're going to save 20 percent 
off of that order and all those proceeds directly help support make this show the biggest and best we possibly can. Hey, once again, you guys all know this by now. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.